0: Hey guys, I'm really excited to have the guests on that we have today. We've got Chris Koskowski and Alex Wilkinson. They have so many different ventures that we're going to talk about today, but they've got one that's really near to my heart. We'll get to it a little bit. It's called Paranormal Kicks Cancer. And it's something that we're going to be happy to kind of partner up with and try to help some uh, some very sick children out there. So, first of all, Chris and Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Well, I'm excited to have both of you. I've been following Alex for a little bit, so I see some of the paranormal stuff on her page on Facebook. And I reached out to her, and this thing has brought about all kinds of good stuff. Because then she introduced me to Chris and... And then I started finding out about the charity aspect and everything you do. And we're going to get into all that. Chris, first, one of the ventures you have is historical adventures of the unknown. Tell me a little bit about what that is.
1: That's basically the name of my event company. It started, you know, a couple, about three or four years ago. The goal for that, our main purpose is to bring the unknown locations that aren't out there that haven't been investigated yet and launch them into the paranormal community have a big event, and then when the event's done, then all of a sudden other teams from wherever, around the world, whatever, want to investigate it, then now it's going to be open for them to investigate. Once once we've broken ground with the owners and got the history out and people see these great places that haven't been ever investigated before to get it out in the paranormal community, we just basically partnered with downtown Newport Ritchie, Florida, where we live, to start running ghost tours, a pub crawl, and then real live investigations. We're working on six to nine locations right now. The history is very rich and it's it's very old. And there's just a ton of history that people don't know about that we're trying to help revitalize the downtown area and get people down there and investigate and just have fun and see all the cool shops and all the stuff that they're doing down there.
0: It's good that you're opening up these areas for other paranormal investigators to be able to go in and take a look at. So good, good work there. So let's talk about Proof Paranormal Research Organization of Florida. Both of you are involved here. Chris, you you started on on the company. You brought Alex on. She does a lot of the marketing, helping out there as well as paranormal investigating. Tell me a little bit about Proof.
1: Proof started 2006. We're actually pretty well known in the Florida area and then beyond now. Just basically a team that people want to go to, and they they ask for help. We're scientific based. We do residentials, and of course, we do anything else besides that. You partner with other teams, you leave them lines of communication open, because not one team knows it all. Like I said, we are scientific base. When we do residentials, we try to disprove everything. No, No team can say that they can help every aspect in the paranormal field and help a specific person with everything. That's why we reach out. We work well. If they have an issue, they need a shaman. We, we have connections that we will connect them with a shaman. They need a clearing, we'll do a clearing. If they need some kind of other help, we have all kinds of people that we work with to be able to solve it once we scientifically see if anything's going on or not. But a lot of times in this field, it's simple stuff and it's really not haunted. It's just simple stuff that they don't know. So that's why I like the scientific aspect. But we do have a psychic on the team that basically I will, I will just give him the address. He will send me what he's got. I'll put it in my pocket. Or if it's on a recorder, if it becomes an investigator. Then we go investigate. And after we do the review, we take our findings and then I'll pull out the recorder or whatever letter he wrote it on. And we will combine the two to help validate the evidence that we found. So we have two realms that validate what's going on in the home. That's a cool concept. So it's not just, okay, three psychics walk in and say someone hung them in this place or this this one hung here, you know, George hung himself in the living room, and then no one knows anything. When we can scientifically get some kind of information and see, you know, oh, your son's having headaches, it's not that he's he's his head's spinning and he's spitting pea soup because he's got some issues. It's because you have his headboard is in the wall is the electric panel by his headboard. And that's what's causing issues. You tell them that to shield the wiring, or and move the bedroom, or move him from the bedroom, and then all of a sudden they're feeling fine. So there, you got to have a lot of science involved, and then you also have to research the locations. Basically, what we do. The key thing that a lot of teams don't do that we do do like do do anyway <laughs> that we do do um, is that we stick with the family through the whole thing. Like, I still have a family that I still talk to that we've been investigating for 10 years. You don't just show up, do the investigation, and never contact them again. Follow-through is key to this field, and it just helps grow, and it also helps you grow as a team— to learn more about these locations, besides the more history that you you can dig up.
0: Alex, how long have you been a paranormal <laughs> investigator, and what got you started down that road? What piqued your interest in the paranormal?
1: I was born
2: on Friday the 13th, Jerry, so I feel like I was set up to right. do this. listen my hashtag long before this was horror girl i've watched every horror movie that has ever been made halloween is like my biggest holiday of the entire year and i go to all the haunted houses i love ghost stories so it's always been a part of my dna and people who know me know that i love this stuff i'm very honest and open i've only been paranormal investigating for a year i actually met chris at one of his events a year ago, that's how I got it started paranormal investigating. That was my very first paranormal investigation ever. Chris and I met at a haunted jail in Jasper, Florida. That was at one of his events. He just opened the door for me, and then we're now together in a couple, and we do this all the time. I investigated probably what a normal person would do in three years, I've done in one year because of Chris and because of the amount that we travel, and I'm doing this all the time every month. So I'm very open and honest. I haven't been paranormal investigating for, for very long, but I have Chris next to me and and learning from him and the team, and it's been a great journey for me.
0: Were you surprised when you first started doing investigating? I've done some investigating in the past, but were you surprised at how slow of a process it is compared to what you see on TV or what you might think just by watching some of the ghost hunting shows there's a lot of sitting around and waiting and then a lot of just reviewing the evidence hours and hours and hours just to find a couple of tidbits did that surprise you at all
2: it did and i appreciate you saying that because that's i get a lot of questions like oh is this scary or is this like a a haunted house and i really have to explain to people like you're sitting around waiting (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's a lot of it takes a lot of patience I think that's a testament to the passion of this field because you really got to love it. This isn't walking through a haunted house and getting scared and leaving in 10 minutes. This is an entire evening and you're committed to finding some great evidence. And some nights you get no evidence. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was surprising to me. What's really been fun for me learning. Chris has $20,000 worth of equipment. I can't even tell you how many big, what what do they call maybe the kits? <laughs> Sorry, my, my brain went What are they called? Your big what? We, we travel with... <laughs> what are they called? I didn't yeah, think was, of what they're called. I was
0: afraid of what Avenue that, I knew that was going to go no, down.
2: My Pelican cases? Yeah, what, they're cases. I could not think of what they're called. He, Chris has like what? How many
1: cases? Eight? Well, we travel with three and a half, maybe four because of the backpack. But yeah, that that's just what we take with us. But, like, for Christmas, I got, like, another 17 new pieces.
2: No, no. Well, Um, that was he got. Chris got me, like, eight or nine. We have 25 pieces of equipment that Diana brought us.
1: (laughs) Real real quick, I just want to elaborate a little bit on the question that was given to Alex when you had stated about the difference from the shows and then what she's learned. What people out there need to realize, the shows are for entertainment purposes only. Things will happen really quick because that's how they cut it. But for instance, like a Ghost Hunters episode, and I heard this directly from Jason and Grant about 15, 20 years ago from Ghost Hunters, that one of their episodes is almost 10,000 hours worth of footage to make that one show. Wow. So if this is something that your listeners want to uh, dive into, they need to realize it's not all fun and games. There's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of prep. Equipment's not that cheap, but you can start pretty cheap and just learn as you go and build your equipment and and stuff like that as you go. But a lot of it is going home, researching the location, review, 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 listen to all the audio, pass it on to someone else to see if you're correct. So there is a lot involved in it. It's not exactly like the shows are but they do have aspects of what we do. It gets it out there for people to kind of know what you have to do, but it's totally different than what you see on TV. All right, Chris, I always ask this question of paranormal investigators. Have you
0: ever had a situation during your time to where some event on an investigation either really creeped you out, it stood out because it kind of scared you when normally you might not get scared, or just whatever the case may be, that something just really stood out to you? amongst other cases
1: to be honest i'm the type that my team thinks i'm crazy even though it's my team because when they're running away i'm walking towards it i'm the kind that says i want you to push me scratch me slap me throw me down the stairs so i know what i've been doing for over 20 years is worth it there's one instance i can say it really didn't scare me but it's kind of like my holy grail I've had people say they've seen full-body apparitions. I've been doing over 20 years, and honestly, I have never seen a full-body apparition. I really would like to. It's never happened. My holy grail was I was at an undisclosed location, because I'm not allowed to say where to this day, unfortunately, because they may call me back at any time. It's actually an Air Force base. We're the only team allowed on the base. We were sitting at a table. I kept feeling something was to my left. I sensed it. I couldn't figure out what it was, but prior to that, one of my team members stood up because something touched the back of his neck and he was like, something's here. I know it's here. And then all of a sudden I started feeling on my left hand side, we were, I was sitting at a table. There was a chair next to me, another chair, and then him, there was a camera on it. Afterwards, they, everyone walked out and I kept saying something had to be here. So the whole team walks out, walks into another room and I rewind the camera and I'm reviewing the footage. And all of a sudden, I view it once, I view it twice. The third time, I'm jumping up and down going, yes, yes. And the whole team comes running back thinking I'm getting attacked or something. (laughs) But looking at the footage, a chair actually moved once and moved twice like someone was sitting in the chair right next to me. And, of course, you put it out there, people are going to say, oh, someone moved the chair, someone did this. That's just typical when you put something out there. We went and we tried to debunk it. I laid down. I couldn't touch the chair with my feet. The tallest person there couldn't touch the chair with his feet. On camera, it shows the door, the only door across the way to look and see if you can see a cord like someone pulled it with like a a fishing line or something. We debunked everything we tried to do to debunk it. We debunked it. If you debunk it and all you have is still scientific evidence that that chair moved, then if it's not normal, what's paranormal? It's not normal. So I can't physically say that there was a ghost next to me and it moved that chair to sit down, but that's exactly what it looks like. I was ecstatic and stoked about it because I was like, no way, I'm jumping up and down so happy. They all saw it. They went, oh my God. So that was one of the best moments I can say in my career. That's like my holy grail because I've never seen that happen before. Like you see it on TV shows. Uh, One of the ghost hunters shows had where the chair moved up, up in the, I think it was the uh, a lighthouse or something. But other than that, to physically see it and know I was there, and I don't care what anyone says looking at that footage, I know I didn't touch that chair, and everyone in the room knows no one touched that chair, and it moved on its own. So that was just like, that was my slam dunk so far, which was awesome. And see, that's the thing. People are always like, oh,
0: I mean, I would believe in ghosts if somebody would just show me some proof, but you can show somebody proof and if they don't want to believe, they're just going to say, oh, that was a camera trick or that was set up beforehand. They're going to
1: tear it apart.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you're never going to be able to convince somebody who doesn't believe. I don't care what you show them. Unless they see it themselves right in front of them. That's it. Alex, I know you've only been doing this for a year. What about you? Have you got any situations <laughs> on one of these uh, investigations you've been on where, Something kind of freaked you out a little bit?
2: Sure, yeah. I was at the Jasper Jail in Jasper, Florida. There was a small group of us investigating. There was five of us. I was one of the only girls. There was only two girls of the group, and, and the rest were males. And, of course, we were in a the male side of the jail. Adam, who is on our team, who is a very seasoned investigator as well, he's excellent. Adam was kind of using meat. I don't want to say his bait. But he was talking a lot about me to the spirits, kind of trying to entice some activity because again we're in a male jail and I was one of the only females.
0: Makes sense. I was
2: standing in the corner, just minding my own business, because I just watched them investigate a lot of times. But I was just hanging out and all of a sudden I felt this really intense energy. What happened to me? And I can only speak on my own account, but the spirit kind of came right in front of me and I felt his energy. I never felt like threatened or anything but i kind of felt like he was kind of fronting me or being very almost like hey pretty girl type of thing you know what i mean i felt him go through me i felt like just tons of electricity through my body and that really kind of freaked me out that was the only time that i'd really gotten freaked out you know the good news is i always say when you're learning especially and you're you're doing stuff with your team it's good to have really seasoned investigators with you because adam and chris were right there of course and helping me out and talking me through what i experienced so the good news is once you've experienced that, now I know kind of how to, how to handle that more. And that hasn't happened since because I think a part of what I had to learn was my boundaries because I really was opening myself up for something like that to
0: happen. Well, that makes sense. And, and I've heard a few times for people t- saying that they had that situation, like with the electricity coming through their body like that when an entity either passes through them or something of that nature. So, yeah, that would be kind of freaky. I, I haven't had that happen myself, so I, I would definitely think I would be... Shaken by that experience. All right, guys, let's get into the part that I'm most excited about. Paranormal Kicks Cancer. This is a charity that you guys are involved with that does a lot of good, especially when it comes to children with cancer. Chris, tell me how you guys got started doing this. I've read it on the website, but I want you to be able to tell the story because I think it's amazing. But tell me about this charity and what you guys are doing to help children out.
1: Okay, real quick. um, I didn't start it. It started in 2010. It was a couple of groups in Florida getting together to help a couple of investigators that were stricken with cancer. They were like, well, what can we do to help raise money? To help them. Come to find out PKC, they, they brought up, you know, the name came out, Paranormal Kicks Cancer. The first two events I wasn't even part of. Then the third year I was asked to help do it because I run events in the past. That's what I've done for a long time. I got a passion for just getting people involved in the paranormal and events is basically how they get started. They asked me to help. I went ahead and started helping and then it was then it got to the point where it was like, well I can't do this, can you take over? Then all of a sudden there was family problems with the other person trying to do it and I ended up basically setting up the whole event. So it was like 2013 basically. Then I said, well if I'm going to set up the whole event, then here's what we need to do because people were questioning the the, the second year as to where the money was going. And just a lot of people were were just asking about it. And it got to the point where I'm like, I'm tired of repeating myself to people, which I don't mind doing. And I wasn't even a part of the event prior. I told them, I said, if I'm going to do it and I'm going to set it up and I'm going to run this whole event, then we need to streamline it. We need to get a 501c3 backing. That way it's on record who's being helped. How much money is going where? So there is no question. In society today, there's always questions. There's all kinds of people trying to get over on people. There's all kinds of people doing GoFundMes and stuff like that. I need to buy a new motorcycle. It's like, no, the GoFundMes were made to help people in need. Right. So pe- people just abuse it. We had to have some kind of backing that there was proof where the money was going. And then we could have the real checks that we could write how much was raised, bring the kids involved get an already established location involved. So that's where Base Camp Children's Cancer Foundation came about. Besides that, PKC wasn't LLC'd. It wasn't a real charity or anything. There was no business perspective on it. I went ahead, I LLC'd it. We found Base Camp Children's Cancer Foundation, who's based out of Orlando. Terry Jones runs that. I just set up the event, did it. A couple of people that were doing the event kind of were upset, thinking I'm stealing it, I'm taking it. And I said, it's got nothing to do with that. It's still for everybody, but someone has to run it. Someone has to have the licensing set up and whatever. Just because my name's on it don't mean I own it. Yes, it does on paper, but it's a a charity for everybody. Somewhere along the line, it's got to be done correctly. I streamlined it. Everyone's welcome, no matter who it is, to help out. And then we did a couple of really good events. In 2016, we gave our first service dog. We helped two children stricken with cancer. It was the biggest event we ever had. Three years ago, we were doing the event, get it all set up. Then, uh, three years ago, my dad had passed away of cancer, which there was never cancer in my family. He was a police officer for 27 years. He was a retired Marine. He did nothing but give to the community. And he always said that our children are our future. After he passed, I said, I got to do something more with PKC. I stepped it up a notch. I got with American Childhood Cancer Organization, which is the largest in the nation. We streamlined it. Now we are nationwide to help anyone stricken with cancer. We're still keying on the children, but a lot of what people don't realize is, yes, the children get cancer, but the families need help to stay with them through this time. Correct. A lot of people don't think that, like gas cards, anything like that to give to the family to drive back and forth to the hospital, hotel rooms to keep them as close as possible to their children while they're in this time of need. We figured it's not just the children. We're trying to keep the families together through this. Doing that is where we branched out with PKC, and that's what we're trying to do. Not just help the children and grant them their wishes, because granting their wishes is huge. It's kind of like make a wish, but it's not. We grant them, it's like a second chance wish. Try to make them as comfortable and as happy and get them what they they want. Anytime we put a smile on their face, my biggest thing is how dare me complain I can't pay a bill when there's children in the hospital that deal with a lot more than we do. They're my heroes in my book, having to deal with it. But yet when we could put a smile on their face, I mean, we went to the hospital one year. I think it was I think it was 2016. They took us to the hospital to the wing with the children and we did a pizza party. The smiles on these kids faces, it brought tears to every one of our eyes just to know that they're in that much pain and we can just make them happy for that one time and know that they're not alone and they know that they can't do it on their own so now they know they have people there to help so from there forward that's where we're at we're now nationwide so at that point besides when my dad passed away adding acco i went ahead and i went one step further and i started paranormal with a purpose i llc that which is now where we can help branch out to not just help kids with cancer now we can help anyone as far as battered women wounded vets animals at the shelter Wherever money's needed that we feel that it's really needed and truly needed, we can help. Any point, if there's someone that needs help, we have no problem stepping in to help. If there's a bill they can't pay and there's other issues, we can only help as many as we can help, but we do our best to help everyone we can. And all that stuff is
0: great. And like I said, we talked a little bit beforehand, and Tracy and I and Hillbilly Horror Stories want to partner up with you guys and be able to to mention some of the stuff you're doing on every one of our shows Send people to the uh, the site and try to help raise as much money as we can for some of these organizations that you, that you've created out there. And it's it's awesome, man. It's just uh, it's something that we feel really drawn to help with. So we're we're glad that you guys are letting letting us partner with you a little bit.
1: We definitely appreciate it. And, and like I said before, yes, my name is on it, and I own PKC according to the paperwork. But without people like you, people in the paranormal field, and people with good hearts that are willing to, even if they donate their time, to help volunteer for an event or, or any of that, without that, PKC wouldn't be where it is, and we can't help all these kids. So it's not just one person. It's a joint effort, and we need to all just work together, and hopefully we can kick cancer to the curb together or kick any other thing to the curb that, that's needed. Wounded vets, because of them, we have the country that we have. It's just America wouldn't be America without our vets. So that's another big thing with my dad being a, a Marine. And, you know, I got a couple of uh, military people on the team and they've even were like, well, can we help wounded vets? I says, I have no problem. Let's do it. So then that's when Paranormal Purpose was started. And because of you, people like you and everyone else, we can just move forward, you know, build that and help as many people as we can.
0: Well, like I said most anybody who listens to our show know that we start off every show <laughs> thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world our veterans are near and dear to our heart as as well as as children and pets my god ninjas late mascot of the show since the time it started hell he's got his own t-shirts <laughs> all this stuff man it just it speaks to us and I was telling you guys earlier, sometimes things happen for a reason, and I reached out to Alex for you guys to come on the show. I had no clue at the time about most of the charitable stuff you guys do, and like I said, it's it's something that maybe it was meant to be, but we're really going to step in and try to do our part to help uh, raise as much money for the charity as possible.
1: And we have open arms. We want to thank you big time for that. We got a lot of talking to do, but there's a lot of positive that's going to come out of it, I guarantee it.
0: I agree. Let's do this. Let's end on this note. You guys do events to raise money for the charity. Tell me a little bit about the type of events you do. Walk me through how these type of events get set up. What what leads to these events? And what do these events look like for the most part?
2: Chris, do you want me to step in? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we have some amazing events coming up. Typically what happens is we'll have a connection to a location. A lot of this is serendipitous. Like, for example, we have an event this weekend at the Chisiget Hill Resort and Conference Center in Brooksville. We're bringing together over 30 people from, you know, everywhere from across the country. A lot of them are from here in Florida, but we have some folks coming in from Tennessee. We're doing a paranormal retreat there. How that all came about was... We were at the May Stringer doing an event. Chris was like, let's spend the night here so we're ready for our event. I posted about it on Facebook. Turns out that one of my dear friends works for Tinsegut. She messaged me and then we started chatting and boom, now we have an event. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that goes into preparing these events. I don't think anyone even has any idea. It's a full-time job. Really, we just want to give people the best experience that they can. You know, Chris mentioned that he's long time into event marketing. That's what I've done my whole career is marketing, and I've done events as well. So, you know, we just want to make sure that everyone's super comfortable and they have an amazing time. So we have to make sure that the location's all on board. COVID has provided us with a few restrictions that we have to meander around, which we do well. The long story short is we want to make sure that everyone has a lot of fun, that they're comfortable, and that they get to experience the investigations and the paranormal events in them in the best way that they can. And we have
1: with go ahead. this with this location, no one's ever been allowed to fully investigate it a hundred percent. So this is our first step to getting every spot at this location because there's two different owners and one of the spots a lot of people want to investigate, which is the big manor house on the property, but it's a different owner. We're slowly working into, you know, we made it a PKC event, you're going to help some of the money's going to help the kids with cancer. And the rest is basically just for your room to stay the night to try to get people to see the location. And then our next step is going to be a huge event, for instance, like Our major PKC events every September where we raise most of the money to grant wishes and stuff. We just started now launching to do events during the year because we get people to contact us with children in need. But every September, which is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, how our events are basically set up is we, we sell vendor tables. We bring guest speakers from the shows and around the nation, whoever wants to come and spend, spend the time and donate their time to help kids and show that they care just like everyone else. We get speakers and then, of course, the investigation tickets and stuff like that. And that, and then we do a ton of raffle prizes, like gift baskets from locations and, and stores and shops around the town, gift cards Big raffle items and stuff like that for the event in September.
2: We're traveling to Virginia over Valentine's weekend. We have an event over there. We're doing a haunted trail. And then we're investigating a haunted cabin, a haunted seven-acre wood, and a haunted brick rancher over Valentine's weekend. And we have the paranormal Paramedic, Southern Gypsies. Chris and I and Dave Spinks are going to be the celebrity investigators. That's just in the next couple months. But, oh, boy, do we have stuff all year this year. we
0: got a lot going on. Alex, if people wanted to find out about all these events, where would they go to?
2: The best place to find out about the events right now is to go to ParanormalKicksCancer.llc on Facebook. All the events are on there. We're very active on social media. We're almost to 3,000 followers, so please follow us. FLGhosts.com, although it's not officially launched yet because we're still working on it, still has a lot of information on there as well. You can contact us, but the best way is on the Facebook pages, paranormalkickscancer.llc. If you message us, it'll come directly to Chris and I. We're really good at answering. We answer you guys right away.
0: If someone wanted to donate to the charities, what's their best way to do that? Is there a link for that that you can send me that I can post?
2: We're working on that, uh, on the donation link right now. Uh, right now, um, all donations are going straight to our PayPal. So I'm happy to send you that link and you can post to that.
0: Perfect. All right, Chris, Alex, thank you guys so much for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to doing some partnership in the future with you. I'll get with you guys on some of the events you got set up in the future because Tracy and I would love to volunteer our time to come to some of these events. Just do what we do at our live events. We would love to do that to help out.
2: We'd love to have
0: you. Definitely, we would. So thank you guys and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you so much.